This is the Zealot Podcast. I'm Liz Charlotte Grant. I had a lot on my mind when I met Jeremy. He walked right up to me after the young adult service had ended. The band had already stepped off the stage, though the smoke from the fog machine still lingered in the air. I say that he walked up to me, but really, he walked straight up to the guy I was with, Chad, who happened to be an old roommate of his. My uncle and aunt had been my one connection upon moving to Colorado. And within a week or two, they set me up on a blind date with Chad. Not that Jeremy knew anything about that. See, Chad and my uncle had met at the gym. And seeing as I was brand new in Colorado and not dating anyone, my aunt was scheming. My aunt had told me, he's cute, he's single, he's Christian, he's smart, what more do you want? But she didn't have to convince me I was game. So Chad and I talked, on my uncle's cell, about where to meet up. He'd meet me at the young adult church service, put on by the local megachurch. I had to walk through a parking lot the size of a few football fields, toward the warehouse where I'd find him in the lobby. When we arrived, I realized he had invited his roommates along, all four of them, which gave me the distinct impression that Chad had not wanted to be here with me after all. Perhaps he was just doing my uncle a favor. I suddenly became conscious of how many skinny, part-time models seemed to be sitting around us, all ripe for the dating. Unlike me, apparently. The roommates had filled the same row as me and Chad. They chatted loudly to each other between songs, but when the worship music throbbed, they raised their hands and shut their eyes. All of it felt surreal to me. What was I doing here? Lights flashed from blue to red. A smoke machine made the air foggy. I could feel the bass line pounding in my chest. Chad and I stood next to each other at the end of the row, and I hummed along to the unfamiliar melodies, feeling shy of the stranger next to me. Then the band exited the stage, and a man in a polo and khakis sat on a stool to deliver a sermon about the seven deadly sins. The whole room sat. Between Chad and I, now seated side by side, six spacious inches kept our knees from touching. My youth pastor might have said we had left enough room for the Holy Spirit. I'd grown up in the faith, raised in evangelical, non-denominational churches, though I never heard the word evangelical until college. Let me say that one more time for those unfamiliar with Christianese. My denomination was none, aka non-denominational, floating somewhere in the evangelical stream of American Christianity. Not progressive or mainline, but also not fundamentalist. Not really. Perhaps theologically we were vaguely Baptist, vaguely Reformed, vaguely Presbyterian. But the word evangelical had never been applied to me until my first theology class in college, when a professor described us as evangelicals. 
that was news to me. And I wondered what my parents might call us. Or my pastor, for that matter. My church outside of Annapolis, Maryland, was one of the ones aiming for megachurch status. You know the types, where thousands of Christians gather at 10 a.m. sharp in a blank auditorium with beige walls, singing to an invisible deity, swaying in pews, or more likely, rows of folding chairs. These churches had coffee stations that served Folgers in paper cups and pastors with book deals. And we all shared a music program that sounded just like the national Christian radio station we listened to on the way home. All of us churchgoers had arrived, either because we'd fallen for Jesus or because we wanted an ancient book to tell us who to date or which house to buy. Or maybe we were ready to empty our wallets for the cause, a way to prove our holiness or to convince God to give us what we wanted. Or maybe we were dragged there by our parents. Like so many of my peers were, the whole back row was filled with snickering teenagers. But that was not me. As a high schooler, I loved everything about church. I traveled to Mexico on missions trips to pour concrete foundations for churches poorer than ours. I signed up for Bible studies. I volunteered in the nursery holding screaming children. I attended summer church camps. I sung on the youth group worship team. I read devotionals before school and I spent my entire allowance Christian bookstore stocking up on new CCM releases. The pastor's daughter of my Annapolis church even became one of my best friends, and I secretly considered myself an adopted PK, pastor's kid. We were sisters. Church was family. At the end of high school, I took the natural next step. I attended a Christian college in the Midwest, the one that everybody called the Harvard of Christian schools. Those of us who attended rolled our eyes at the moniker. Harvard didn't need to prove itself like we seemed to need to do, but still, I felt proud. It was almost like getting into Harvard, except Christian. So to me, it was better than Harvard. At Christian Harvard, I earned a degree in creative writing, which, if I'd been really honest, was a side goal. The real reason I had attended Christian Harvard was less academic. Really, I was aiming to obtain what my mom called my MRS degree. She'd been a homemaker. In fact, any godly woman I respected was either a missionary, like Elizabeth Elliot, or a stay-at-home mom, like the pastor's wife. So even though I had received straight A's throughout high school, even though I was attending Christian Harvard, my aim was not remotely academic. 
I wanted to be a wife and mom, period. If I had that, I believed that nothing else would matter. I'd carefully studied my chances, just as carefully as I had studied for the SAT. Normally, Christian universities, like American Christian churches, were packed with women, women to clean and potluck and run the homeless ministry. The few involved men were swarmed with romantic opportunity. But at Christian Harvard, things were different. I happen to know that the ratio here was in my favor. Equal opportunity at 50-50, equal men and women. And we were all Christian. We were all smart. We were all around the same age. That was enough to get me in the door. Not to mention, we were all housed in a few acres. And we were all exceptionally horny. My chances had never been higher. Welcome to the promised land. During my teenage years, I had read every how-to Christian dating book ever published, including Christian romance novels. I figured that I was basically an expert at dating, even if I had only dated one guy in high school for a few months until he broke it off. But like many things, college hadn't gone to plan. Between the failed define the relationship talks, a couple of bouts of depression, and accidentally becoming best friends with all of the arty, gay, and troubled kids on campus, I did not earn my ring by spring. So here I was, a new grad, in a brand new state, in the bottom of the recession, in a place where I knew no one but my aunt, my uncle, my Mima, and one of Mima's retired friends. And I was sitting next to my blind date, who actually seemed to be scooching away from me this very second, at a church service that I later learned was nicknamed the Meat Market. Supposedly, this was the very place to kick off romantic connections in my new city, but it didn't seem to be working for me. That is, until Jeremy walked up to us. Turned out, Jeremy and Chad had been roommates for one semester, just out of college. I thought he was cute, with his swoop of hair in the front and his bright blue eyes beneath thick glasses, plus those sideburns if you could only have seen those sideburns. But instead of staying to chat with him, I shook Jeremy's hand and then excused myself to walk out of my row and up the aisle to the front of the auditorium where prayer ministers had gathered by the stage. I needed prayer badly, which meant Jeremy and I talked for only a few seconds in that first meeting enough to exchange names, say hello, and then say goodbye as I walked past him. 
That day would not even have stuck in my mind if it hadn't been for Chad. He and I, and another roommate, of course, had gone to a chain restaurant after the service. I ordered a soda, assuming I'd be paying for myself. The roommate ordered a spaghetti plate, unbothered by our awkward dynamic. But as it became clear that there would be no second date for Chad and I, I made a desperate attempt to make our failed date worthwhile. I said, do you guys know any women I can be friends with? That question is how I got invited to the Bible study. That next week, when I knocked on the door to attend my first Bible study in my new state, Jeremy opened the door. Oh, I said, surprised that I recognized someone. Hey, he said, smiling vaguely. He was wearing an ugly wool sweater, clearly handpicked from a thrift store. I liked him right away. I said, we met at the church service. I was with Chad. I reintroduced myself and we shook hands. That was the start of something really special. Though Jeremy and I, we didn't know it yet. This has been episode one of the Zealot Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Charlotte Grant. I'm an author, speaker, and now, apparently, podcaster. You are listening to my Falling in Love story. Our show today was written, recorded, and produced by me. Sound design and all those sound extras you heard by Steve Slack. He's a musician worth knowing about. Look up his band's Mooner and Youngest Son. I promise you'll be glad you did. Additional thanks to my one and only, Jeremy Grant. I sure wish you still had that whole sweater. The Zealot Podcast is a production of Zealot Press, where we tell the alternative stories of Christianity. Because story is greater than dogma. You can find us at Zealot, Z-E-A-L-O-T, Press, P-R-E-S-S, dot com. Follow me and Jeremy on Instagram at Liz Charlotte Grant and at Jeremy Grant Creative. Obviously, the Zealot podcast is brand new, which means it is extra important for you to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen. You know the deal. Algorithms, blah, blah, blah. Help us out. Lastly, you can pitch us your very own story of weird Christians at zealotpress.com. And then, maybe sometime soon, we'll feature your story. Tune in next week for episode two in our Falling in Love miniseries. I'm Liz Charlotte Grant, reminding you that dating Jesus is a terrible idea.